your parents know that you listen to the evil rock music. You're an American teenager, for God's sake. Welcome to Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. I'm Melissa Olson. Episode 120, Taylor, I Love You. Today we'll discuss the soundtrack of Season 1, Episode 20, P.S. I Love. After I tell you about my experience at the local Luke's Diner pop-up last week, we'll discuss the musical references of this episode, and then I will offer up some recommendations for music you might like in the weekly segment, Spinning in Stars Hollow. So grab another cup of coffee. It's time for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. Last week, for the 16th anniversary of the Gilmore Girls pilot, Netflix set up a way for fans to get together and celebrate in style. They turned over 200 coffee shops across the United States and Canada into Luke's Diners for one morning. I'm lucky enough to live within reasonable driving distance of several coffee shops that we're hosting. Dewey's Coffee in Shaker Heights, Ohio was probably one of my top choices for which local place would be turned into a Luke's. And luckily for me, they participated. Dewey's is already adorably decorated and situated on a charming Stars Hollow-esque square, directly adjacent to a combo ice cream parlor popcorn shop, a Taylor Dosey-approved business venture, to be sure. Unlike Taylor's old-fashioned candy store and soda shop, there's no window between these two establishments, but they are physically connected, so you can walk from one to the other without even having to go outside. So basically, Netflix hit it out of the park with this convenient Taylor Dosey-like reference being right next door. My friends and I got there just before 7 a.m. and a line was already forming. We were ecstatic, grinning from ear to ear, even with our completely realistic expectations of only free coffee and a sort of themed paper cup. We weren't shooting for the moon here. We knew Scott Patterson wasn't going to show up in Cleveland, Ohio. But I secretly hoped that Milo Ventimiglia would show up. Maybe Jess decided to finally take up Richard's idea to franchise Luke's. What franchise doesn't look to the Cleveland market? Come on. I drove up to Dewey's with my friend Joanna, who you can hear on episodes 108 and 110 of this podcast. Oh, and also, check out my show notes for details on her new book, Triple Dog Dare, that conveniently mentions Gilmore Girls in the intro. She and I laughed at how ridiculous it was that our excitement level was that of a child on Christmas morning, when the items we were seeking are barely worth a few pennies. But slap that Luke's logo on something and I'll wait in line all day. Our fandom isn't one with high expectations. We really just need that charm and knowledge that where we lead, others will follow, and vice versa. We're pretty easy to bowl over, to be honest, and I'm totally okay with that. All right, let's dive into season one, episode 20. We don't hear any commercial music in this episode, but we do get some pretty diverse references. First up, we have a reference to a one-hit wonder from Right Said Fred. Hey, how about the pants, pretty pants? I'm not trying anything on. Hey, it's not like the lumberjack look will ever go out. It won't. But just once, wouldn't it be nice not to be dressed like an extra from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Take it back. Come on, just the jacket. Just once, be too sexy for your shirt and do a little dance on the catwalk. Get away from me, you mental patient. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave
The debut single from Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy, peaked at number two on their home UK singles chart and topped the charts in six other countries, including Australia, Ireland, and the United States. In the US, the band is considered a one-hit wonder, with their only other charting US single peaking at number 76. However, I'm Too Sexy was Right Said Fred's first of a handful of hits in their native United Kingdom. I'm too sexy for your party, too sexy for your party, no way I'm disco dancing. I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah, on the catwalk. Since we're all big fans and we've seen farther in Gilmore Girls than this episode, we know how much Lorelai wanted Luke to strut on the catwalk for her. But alas, we have a few more seasons until we get the satisfaction of seeing even subtle sparks between them. Next up is a reference to an Australian soft rock group people either love to hate or hate to love. When I was in junior high, I, I had a boyfriend, Todd something or other, not a soulmate, but I was crazy about him, and he dumped me. I was completely crushed, and I could do nothing except lie around and cry and listen to Air Supply, very low point in my life. Two days after the breakup, my best friend, Navina Cutler, got back together with her boyfriend, Randy something or other, who dumped her days before Todd dumped me. And she was so happy and gloaty and couldn't stop talking about how great it was that she had her boyfriend back that it made me feel horrible. The end. Let's go. I'm lying alone with my head on the phone. Air Supply formed in 1975, hailing from Australia and consisting of British-born singer-songwriter and guitarist Graham Russell and lead vocalist Russell Hitchcock. The duo had a succession of hits worldwide, including eight top ten hits in the U.S. in the early 1980s. This song, All Out of Love, was released in 1980. In the United States, this recognizable ballad reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100, blocked from the top spot by Upside Down by Diana Ross and Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. I'm all out of love, I'm so lost without you, I know you were right, believing for so People almost always have an opinion on air supply. Sometimes positive, other times very, very negative. Unfortunately, I fall somewhere in between. But I can say pretty definitively, air supply is not my jam. In fact, listening to a lot of air supply would probably make me cry too, Lorelai. I know they were pretty popular, but time has not done them any favors. This music sounds pretty dated, and in my opinion, not in an endearing way. And this is coming from a girl who tries to find the best in all music, regardless of genre, era, etc. I suppose I can enjoy this song for nostalgia's sake? That's a positive angle, I think. Regardless of a breakup or any other traumatic teen drama I could have experienced before listening to this song, I think repeated exposure would make me weep. I'm sure there are listeners out there who love Air Supply, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on the band. What am I missing? Is there a song I need to hear to help me truly appreciate Air Supply's place in the pantheon of 80s ballads? But maybe listening to Air Supply caused the low point Lorelai speaks of, not her breakup with Todd. 
Maybe Rob Gordon was on to something in High Fidelity. Nobody worries about kids listening to thousands, literally thousands of songs about heartbreak, rejection, pain, misery, and loss. Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable? Or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? Great movie, by the way. But we'll wait to learn more about it at the end of season two, when we discuss the music from the episode Lorelei's Graduation Day. Next up, we have a reference within a reference, but I'm going to talk about the one that's embedded before I reveal the main event. First, a reference to the Bee Gees prompts my inclusion of this disco hit from 1977. Here's Stayin' Alive. was released on December 13, 1977, as the second single from the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. It is one of the Bee Gees' signature songs. In 2004, Rolling Stone placed Stayin' Alive at number 189 on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Upon release, Stayin' Alive climbed the charts, reaching the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 by February 4, 1978, and holding the top spot for four weeks. It has become one of the band's most recognizable tunes, and in the U.S. would become the second of six consecutive number one singles, tying the record with the Beatles for most consecutive number ones in the U.S., a record broken by Whitney Houston, who achieved seven consecutive number ones. Season 4 of Gilmore Girls, we'll hear a song from Andy Gibb, younger brother of the three Gibb brothers in the Bee Gees, while Lorelai dances in her Jeep. Unfortunately, we never hear the Bee Gees on the show, which is a bit of a surprise to me, especially when you consider the way that they are referenced in this episode. I would hate to think that I raised a kid who couldn't say I love you. Oh, well, I'm not even talking specifically about Dean. I mean, I mean, just generally in life. For example, say you're dating Taylor Hansen. Why am I dating Taylor Hansen? It's a hypothetical scenario. Go with it. So uh, you and Taylor have been seeing each other pretty regularly. How did I meet Taylor Hansen? You went to his concert, you got backstage, your eyes met across the crowd, and you've been seeing each other ever since. Hanson's still together? They're the new Bee Gees. So. And why would you not stop me from going to a Hanson concert? Hey, someone's trying to make a point here. Sorry. Go ahead. Hanson. That is the main event I was waiting to reveal. Another reveal? I'm a Hanson fan. A big one. Even bigger reveal? I'm not ashamed to say that. Yes, I'm talking about Hanson. That Hanson. Mba Panson.
Most people who like Hansen would probably refer to their interest in the band as a guilty pleasure. However, I don't think things like guilty pleasures are worth anyone's time. I'm of the opinion that everyone should feel free to like what they like without feeling bad about it. Don't like Hansen? Don't worry, you're not alone. This part of my show can only possibly last a minute or two, so don't worry, we'll be on to the next thing before you know it. And who knows, maybe you'll even learn something. I didn't judge you for liking Air Supply, now did I? It might not be your thing, but that doesn't mean that you should want other people to stop liking what they like. Now, just to clarify for Rory's sake, Hansen was still together when this episode aired. Hansen is still together today, in 2016. They're even coming out with a new Christmas album this year, and I am stoked. Though Hansen was still together, and remains together today, Rory couldn't have dated Taylor because he'd already met and was likely dating his future wife, Natalie, when this episode originally aired. It's getting colder in this ditch where I lie. I'm feeling older and I'm wondering Hansen has sold over 16 million records worldwide and have had eight top 40 albums and six top 40 singles in the US, as well as eight top 40 singles in the United Kingdom. This song is the title track from Hansen's 2000 album, This Time Around, which didn't have the commercial success of its predecessor, Middle of Nowhere, but critically, it was very well received. Billboard noted, it all adds up to a collection that successfully sets Hansen apart from the current teen pop phenomenon that it helped start, at least from a creative perspective. To date, this time around has sold over 1 million copies worldwide. The single has sold over 500,000 copies in the United States. I think if Lorelai had taken Rory to a Hansen concert, Rory wouldn't feel so weird about her mom making up this hypothetical dating scenario. By 2001, Taylor's voice had gotten significantly deeper because puberty, and his hairstyle choices had improved dramatically. In the last episode, Rory chose in sync for crying out loud. At least Hansen plays their own instruments and even writes and produces their own albums. Clearly, they're the best choice when it comes to boy bands of the day. Don't be such a music snob, Rory. for Spinning in Stars Hollow, where I give you recommendations for songs you may enjoy based on music we've heard in this episode of Gilmore Girls. You can find these songs on the Spinning in Stars Hollow playlist in the show notes for each episode at gilmoregirlssoundtrack.com. First up this week, I have a suggestion for those who like air supply but need a break from all that high-pitched singing. Here's Phil Collins. Take Me Home comes from Phil Collins' 1985 Grammy Award-winning album, No Jacket Required. The single is considered one of Collins' better-known songs and has been performed on all of his tours since its release. 
While it wasn't as popular as the album's two chart-topping singles, Studio and One More Night, Take Me Home did reach number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. The recording features Phil Collins' former Genesis band member, Peter Gabriel, on backing vocals along with Helen Terry and Sting. this recommendation based off the reference to air supply in this episode, and I chose Phil Collins because, even with his overwhelming popularity in the 80s and subsequent critical success, people have mixed opinions of his work. Fans of Phil Collins are constantly on the defensive, much like fans of Air Supply and even fans of Hanson. Collins has been a popular target of both critical and public scorn in recent years. It's like people somehow get tired of drum machines and vague improvised lyrics. Hmm, I don't get that. Regardless, to each their own. Remember what I said about guilty pleasures earlier in this episode? Maybe if we could all be happy for each other that we've even found music we like in the great plethora of options we have available today, things would be a little bit better. For all of us. Even Phil Collins. This is, by some lucky chance, the first you've heard of Phil Collins? Oh my goodness. Congratulations. You're going to be so busy heading to your local music shop to check out electronic drum kits and then searching for the perfect leather jacket all weekend. I'm so jealous. If this isn't your first time hearing of Phil Collins, and he's not your favorite, don't worry. I've still got another suggestion for you, but fair warning, it is another band that you might have disdain for. Next up, for fans of the Bee Gees, Lorelai said Hanson is the new Bee Gees. We have ABBA with Take a Chance on Me. If you change your mind, take a chance, on the first we're going to hear from ABBA a few other times throughout the run of Gilmore Girls, but not this song. ABBA was a Swedish pop group formed in 1972 that became one of the most commercially successful groups of all time, with record sales figures estimated at anywhere from 100 to over 500 million units sold worldwide. Take a Chance on Me became one of ABBA's most successful hits, becoming the group's seventh UK number one, their third consecutive chart topper in the country after Knowing Me, Knowing You, and The Name of the Game. It was also ABBA's final number one in the United Kingdom of the 1970s and gives the group the distinction of being the act with the most chart-topping singles of the 1970s in the UK. Together, together. 
Some people can't stand ABBA, but I had to include Take a Chance on Me this week because of the implications of the title. Try new things. You might like them. Rory has a pretty high-stakes decision to make on whether she will take a chance on love with Dean. But you can take a much lower-stakes chance every time you choose to listen to a song you thought you hated. You may even find the song isn't as bad as you remembered. I'm not making any promises. Like I said, even I have songs, entire catalogs of a couple of artists, that aren't my jam. But when you give songs another chance, you might at least gain some insight on why someone else could love that song that you hate. Then you won't have to be that person who ruins another music lover's day by claiming that their favorite band is the absolute worst. I'm Melissa Olson. Thanks for joining me this week for Gilmore Girls Soundtrack. To see the detailed show notes, find the playlists for the complete Gilmore Girls Soundtrack and Spinning in Stars Hollow, visit gilmoregirlsoundtrack.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you're in Northeast Ohio, be sure to check out the Gilmore Girls Soundtrack Facebook page for details about the first Gilmore Girls Soundtrack Trivia Night, coming up on Friday, October 21st. Prizes come from Hazelmaid, Kindred Handicrafts, Scribbles Coffee Company, and Red Vines. Don't miss next week's season one finale of Gilmore Girls Soundtrack, where I'll recap this whole season and what to expect when I return for season two. Until next week. So um, you and Taylor have been dating for a while and things are great and um, you're happy and you feel all those crazy mushy things that people feel when they're in love. I want you to be able to say to him, Taylor, I love you. Okay, can we pick a new hypothetical? Because this one's wigging me out.